Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy Zerden. I am happy to be your host today. We at Made Possible by love to share stories of good. We feel, especially now in 2020, I don't know when you're listening to this, but right now for us, it is 2020 and the cases of COVID are on the rise, unfortunately, as we're heading into the holiday season. So that being said, we love to share stories of good because we feel like it inspires other people to get out there and do their own kind of good. And I love just to talk, it's so interesting to me. People are fascinating to me anyways, but just to see how what motivates different people and what is their passion and what do they want to get behind with their, their time, their um, dollars, um, their initiatives, their ideas. So I love, this is one of my favorite parts of my role is to get to host this podcast. So today I'm really excited to introduce to you uh, two gentlemen that we met when Made Possible By went through the Oklahoma City Thunder Launchpad Accelerator Program with Stitch Crew. I have Dylan. Dylan, how do you say your last name? Breslin, is that right? Yeah. Okay, Breslin and Brian Fletcher. They are both the co-founders, and I'll give more specifics in a minute, of round two. And this is my explanation of round two. They're going to give you a much better explanation of round two. But it's a SaaS, a software service. Yeah. I would say that you guys are Play It Again Sports meets Kayak. That's a, not a bad, um, that's not a bad online. That kind of, yeah, kind of. You're pretty good. Okay, like I said, I'll let them explain it more. So Brian, uh, Brian, let's see, you are the co-founder and VP of round two. You're an Alabama boy. Are you in Alabama right now? I'm actually a Georgia boy, but, Georgia boy. I, oh, did, okay. but I did go to school in Alabama. So it, I, it definitely is, uh, it's, yeah, it's in the bloodline. <laughs> doesn't, isn't that like really bad to be from Georgia. Wait, actually, uh, I actually did the worst. So I, I, uh, I played baseball at Auburn. And then when I went back and finished school, I did that through Alabama. And that's the big rival. So you're breaking all the rules. You're breaking all the rules. I just keep I just keep the Auburn all monitor, you know, right there. Uh, just because. Uh, I think you froze right I now. think Brian's uh, freezing up on us. Brian. That's where I first, you know, went and had knowledge experience. But uh, Alabama has a place. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're freezing up a little bit on us. Okay. Mm. That's okay. That's okay. okay. I'll see if I can fix it. That's okay. It's the Wi-Fi. It's 2020. We just roll with it. Um, <laughs> but then you played uh, professional baseball. So that's super cool. Were you just with the Royals or were you with more than one team? So I got uh, initially was drafted by the Kansas City Royals, and then I finished my career with the Chicago White Sox. Um, okay. So it, it's it's funny because actually my father played with the White Sox, and my brother-in-law was drafted by the White Sox. So oh, nice. Dylan, Dylan going to school in Columbia, Chicago. We just have a lot of synergy there, but two teams ultimately. Okay. So what position did you play? So I actually grew up playing infield. Um, my father played infield. Um, you know, basically around the horn, third, second, short. Um, I made the transition to outfield when I went to Auburn. And so I played a little left, right, center, just all in the grass, but a uh, little first base too, actually. So, so you're, to find a spot for you. you're a true utility player then. If you can do all that, you're the utility guy. 
I mean, being a utility guy can add value. If you can swing the bat and play different positions, yeah. that's what you want to do. So learning yeah. to play different positions is uh, definitely key. I feel yeah, like. nice, sure. nice. Is there sure. anything that you want to add to your bio, Brian? I'm sorry, it was very thin on my end. No worries. Um, no, I mean, in, in, in coming into the, uh, coming into round two with Dylan, it's funny because when Dylan had reached out to me initially about the idea um, we were discussing and, you know, in terms of what you're really trying to convey here and giving back, um, I actually, and Dylan actually experienced through his sporting career when he was playing through high school and I got to experience it playing through travel ball and noticing that a lot of kids not getting an opportunity to really project their talents and and scenarios that allowed them to get seen by scouts or to play, you know, in, in big tournaments, right? And a lot of that came with a lot of the constraints surrounding the cost of goods, the cost of travel, playing on these different teams. And so as Dylan brought the idea, it just made sense. And at that time, you know, I'd, I'd really just felt that there was a, a need in this niche. And ever since, me and Dylan have been bouncing off ideas and continued on with development, even through a lot of the tribulation that's happening now with COVID. But we're finding ways to evolve, which is really cool. And I think the great thing about our, our duo is that, you know, we're, we're definitely visionaries, right? And in the grand scheme of things, we want to help. And I think in terms of youth sports and where they're at now, we're, we're trying to be that solution. And um, moving forward, you know, we, we expect great things. But um, like you were saying in the podcast, giving back in a loving way. And if we can do that, then that's satisfying to us. Uh, I love that. I, I so appreciate what you do as, as a mother of a travel sport kid. I totally understand that because it it is not cheap at all. My son plays travel ball. And right. I remember being at a tournament and there was a gentleman watching um, my son's at bat. And he said something. I love to watch him swing or whatever. I love to watch it thing. And somebody else goes, well, that's a $5,000 swing. You know, just kind of made a snide comment about the right. fact that he plays travel ball. So we have money and blah, blah, blah. That's right. Like, right. You have no idea. You have right. no idea the sacrifices that are made behind the scenes. So he can my, get my, go do that. So my, my, my parents drove me after, I remember um, I grew up in Fayetteville and I played in East Cobb, but my parents after school, I would drive an hour and a half every day to, to go play because <laughs> we played, you know, games each day. It was tough and um, it, it's, it can be a burden, especially, you know, with, parents having you know their day jobs and taking care of the family and mm -hmm. so it's a lot so we're trying to find balance in that yeah rolling in every sunday night at 3 and at 3 a.m <laughs> wherever you were playing no surprise uh, <laughs> always or always surprised. that's exactly it i know so dylan you are also co-founder and ceo of round two you were columbia uh, college grad that's super cool and you you've been all over the place. You're a business consultant for several companies from Circus, which is a super cool name because they spell it really weird. So they spell it really weird. I know. I was like, Circus, that's cool. And then Chow Now, I think you just went through and chose really odd named companies to go work <laughs> there is what it looks like. Um, so you've been in LA all the way to New York with Ritual, did, like, with Ruin. Little, did like the 360 New York, yeah. Chicago for school, LA, and then back to New York and then back to St. Louis and down to Oklahoma City and then back to New York. <laughs> Are you planted now? Do you feel like you have some roots in New York now? You know, um, sir, the companies you touched upon, Circus and Chanow, tech companies, right? Circus uh, spelled differently with an S, <laughs> but was placing people at really cool events, basically turning all of us into extras. 
I thought that was a really neat concept because uh, as a young man in Los Angeles, it could be hard to meet people. So it was a way for other people also like myself to get invited to art galleries, uh, television show premiere events, um, maybe Dodger games, right, et cetera. And really, you while you're an extra at making the event look happen and cool, you're meeting a lot of people. So I found that to be a fascinating um, way to meet in real life, right? Even though you're, you're digital, now you're getting brought into real life. And then with Chow Now, I had the opportunity to come back to New York City and really help local businesses, uh, restaurants specifically, um, take control of their business online, the website, the online ordering, the data, what does it all mean? How do we get more loyal customers to the door ordering pizza every Friday, right? Not going to the guy next door down the street. And it's crazy because now they're doing better than ever because it's like every restaurant needs to have a digital presence now or it's kind of like, you know, they might get skipped over because it's not like I could just go take a walk through the city like I used to, right? But I wouldn't say planted. Um, Brian and I definitely have some ideas of where we think round two can continue to grow from this seed and, um, and where we continue to water it. And we're obviously health first, right? So we're kind of just working at remote as best as possible. And uh, some of our other team members are in Nashville and we're, we're doing the remote thing. So, you know, more will be revealed with that. Yeah. So you're in New York, Brian, you're in St. Louis. Where are you? I am in Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Atlanta. Okay. Sorry. I can't keep track of you guys. <laughs> we're all over the place. You are. Okay. So Brian, give us a 90 second snapshot of you of anything that we didn't cover. Are you married? Do you have family? What's your story? We're getting personal. Okay. Um, <laughs> just a little bit, 90 seconds. A little bit, just a little bit. Um, I have two sisters. Um, and like I mentioned before, my father played professionally. Um, I have an older sister and a younger sister. So I'm the middle child. Um, both actually graduated from Auburn. So War Eagle. Um, also, I can also say Roll Tide, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if you can say those in the same breath. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in another time. Yeah. Um, but I grew up, I was actually born in Texas, um, in Arlington. So consider, I guess I can be called a Texas boy, but grew up all my high school play and everything in Georgia. Um, like I mentioned prior, graduated or was signed early to Auburn when I, I left as a junior in 2010. And baseball was pretty much my life at that point. And coming out of baseball, finishing school at University of Alabama, um, wanted to do something again, more of giving back. And that was more on the entrepreneurial side and Dylan and I remained uh, in touch. We were, we connected a while back through a funny story, but um, we remained in touch. And I think with this idea, I really gave that spirit, you know, some life to be like, you know, this is great. This is it. Right. And, um, you know, help me find a little purpose and how I can really give the game back in a different manner and not necessarily be on the field, but how I can help others indirectly or directly, you know, through round two. Um, and ever since, you know, we're, we're, we're grinding away and, and, and finding ways of how we can improve. And again, uh, you know, get back to the youth. Okay. So do we need to hear this funny story of how you all met or is it not podcast? appropriate? <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it can it's be, it's um, okay. So, uh, Dylan, uh, actually was working on the show catfish. I don't know if you're familiar with that show used to be, and there's a series on MTV, the movie, Dylan, right? Yeah. Every, every Tuesday or Monday. Yeah. So Dylan, uh, Dylan's cousin, um, Neve, 
is you know one of the creators or the creator of the show right and actually the first episode of catfish was my ex-girlfriend's brother who was getting impersonated by someone and at the time dylan was working on the show met with obviously the family and the family was playing two sisters that play soccer at auburn and i knew you know obviously the <laughs> my girlfriend and then um her sister was at auburn as well so they invited dylan to come down the sister uh, you know told dylan about me and hey this guy you know brian he's really cool plays baseball here you guys should definitely link yeah and so that's how we connected initially at first and uh you know we just we bonded and, and clicked and you know, had a chance to reunite in uh, San Diego and Dylan was living out that way. And ever since just stayed in touch. And um, yeah, I felt like, uh, you know, forces again aligned and here we are. <laughs> okay. That is an interesting story. You've got all these interesting things in your background, Dylan. You've done all these. Um, those Small are unusual fun. careers. Those are unusual things, you know? Well, that was my first job out of college, right? So Neve, uh, at the time, this catfish stemmed from a, a documentary they made. And what a catfish is, is someone who is scamming people online, pretending to be someone they're not, usually for money or love or lots of different things. Now the show's in the eighth season, but this was second and third season. I needed like quick experience at a college and it was kind of like a, you know, 180, right? Where it's like, you're gonna do a little bit of everything. So he was on a college speaking tour, pretty much talking to the freshman class. And that's when we were at Auburn. Um, so one of the, uh, one of the girls who was like part of the family of impersonation, that's how we got connected with her, but small plug Neve's in the finals of dancing with the stars on Monday. So if nice. everyone can vote for him, ask me for the number, I'll give it to you and you can vote. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is it this like today or the following Friday? On next on Monday, he'll be okay. In the that'll be the day that this podcast goes out. So go ahead and share oh, that number. Perfect, perfect. I think it's uh yeah. Just just make sure you're on Instagram. You'll the number will be all You'll over. You'll find the place. it. Okay, okay. That is a that's perfect timing. Okay, Dylan, ninety second snapshot of you. What do we not know about you? Um, gosh, I mean, we've already kind of covered a, a lot of background, but. Yeah, like you said, we have a lot of interesting stuff in our backgrounds, um, both Brian's family and my family. Uh, what a lot of people don't know about me is um, my, my grandfather, I'm actually Dylan James Breslin. My grandfather was a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, Jimmy Breslin. He was very popular in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and, and even through the 2000s. Um, wrote a lot of books, a lot of books about the mafia, New York, uh, politics. Um, he had his, his very own distinct views. And, you know, at the time, writers were kind of, they were the Hollywood because there was no internet, right? So you were looking to get the newspaper every day, like, oh, what did my favorite columnist write about yesterday? And uh, I guess he was, he was one of the best and ended up hosting, you know, SNL. He was on Carson. He was on all the wow. late night shows. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to um, I don't know, just now, like 20 years, 30 years removed from all of this, 35 even, go back and see everything that he was talking about. And it's, it's shockingly similar today. There's a whole clip of him talking about buying, uh, my dad grew up in a family of six. There were six kids. 
they all got to buy new sneakers every year. And he was like, this is crazy. The price of sneakers, this is just nuts. Pumas were like $14 last week and all of a sudden they're $19. I'm not buying them Puma anymore. And now today, obviously Pumas are like way more than $19. And so it kind of just like goes hand in hand with everything we're doing. So it's pretty cool to, to keep learning about some of the stuff he was reporting on, even as small as like the price of Puma sneakers, you know, so. That's cool. That's yeah. a cool thing to have in your background. I'm gonna have to look up some of his stuff. We, uh, my husband's grandfather drove for Al Capone during the prohibition in Chicago. Wow. He was a truck That's driver, awesome. so. <laughs> wow. I know, we, we joke about going back there, but we're a little bit afraid to, to go back there and, and say what our last name is, because it, it might not be good. You never know. Okay, so when you, you all started round two, how many years? Because you've gone through two accelerators so far, right? Okay, so what would you tell your then self now? So how, first, how long have you been going? And if you could give your little self a piece of advice back when you started, what would you say? Been about, been about two years, right? We okay. you know, went to development um, end of 2018 initially launched as a, a mobile application just for baseball players in May of 2019. And then of course, Brian joined uh, for the Accelerator late August, September of 19. Um, and we've, we've had tons of movement and action and pivot since then. So what we, I would tell the earliest versions of not just myself, but also Brian is, you know, we have so many awesome ideas and, and so many people have awesome ideas but it's kind of like what can be awesome today and what's attainable right now versus like, let's keep a Christmas list and, you know, or a holiday wish list and put some things on the wish list. And we'll talk about it when the time comes. Cause there's been times where we thought, you know, this is such an amazing idea. And then we run with it just to realize, oh man, we kind of wasted a lot of energy and resources just trying that we could have maybe done a, a sample size, a much smaller test and still focused on some other things, right? So really kind of just uh, taking sight of what is attainable now and what deserves to have that attention, but just later, I would definitely tell our former selves. That's hard when you're starting out because you want everything to have a bow, right? You want it to be bright exactly. and shiny. And I remember one of the things that Chris Lucas said to us many times in Stitch Crew was it doesn't have to be perfect just get it get it out there it's not going to be exactly what you want it to be the first time just get it out there exactly and that's so hard because you don't want to do that it's so hard it is very hard Brian what would you tell your then self anything different I mean very pretty similar to what Dylan was was saying I, I think you know like I mentioned earlier I think Dylan and I are we definitely have the genetic taste of, of being visionaries. And uh, I think we have a lot of great ideas, but it really comes down to prioritizing and understanding, like he was saying, what is attainable now and just getting something in motion. But again, sticking to the core values of what your company is. I think throughout this process, you're going to have a lot of conversations that, you know, might persuade you one way or the other, or might think you're going in the right direction. And, you know, you want to do the right thing. You want to be coachable. You want to be open-minded, but I think really just continue to stick with the core value of your company and why you're doing it and, and sticking to that intent, right? And not necessarily focusing on, you know, all the embellishments that might come intact, as Dylan was mentioning later down the road, which are important, right? And do make a difference. But I think when you stick to the intent of why you're doing it, 
and really just hold on to that, I think that will help you keep, well, not only being positive, right? But in the grand scheme of things, keep you organized and keep you consistent. Um, so yeah, always, always really sticking to the core values of, of why you're doing um, or why you're building this company. Absolutely. Keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. Exactly. There you go. Okay. So partnerships can be difficult, right? Is it just the two of you and your team? Uh, so no, we actually have, you have some other people. Yeah. They're, they're all on the development side of things though. So from a, okay. from a consumer or business standpoint, yes, it is the two, of us. the two of us. Okay. So partnerships can be interesting sometimes. What would you say are some keys to having successful partnerships? I mean, a couple of keys are, you know, and we get turned down for partnerships and we don't really understand why, right? And, but we also form other partnerships in this, a few emails. Um, it, it has to be mutually beneficial. So for round two, any partnership at this stage is a benefit to us because there's more items on our website to offer uh, athletes or parents or prospective kids who want to play sports. Um, and, you know, obviously that's a better chance of earning a commission on a sale. And at the same time, there's a way that we can then leverage that retailer or brand's name and value to our growing community. And it gains trust. Like, wow, we formed a partnership with Rawlings, one of the best baseball manufacturers, or wow, Paragon Sports, one of the oldest sporting goods stores in the nation right here in downtown New York City. Amazing, right? And uh, Columbia Sportswear, and you know, and they roll in as they come. But for them, it's also like, wow, is this site lining up? We've never heard of round two, right? We're Columbia Sportswear. Well, are they lining up with our mission? Are they um, going to put up quality content? Are they attracting the right buyers? Are, you know, and they want to make sure that everything just aligns, because otherwise it's just easy for them to just tell us, hey, try again next year, right? So as long as there's an alignment from their end and you know the uh, all, everything I discussed from our end, that makes a, a definitely a strong partnership from both sides. Okay, thanks. Brian, do you have anything? Uh, I mean, I think Dylan hit it right on the head. Um, I, I think there needs to be mutual interest, right? And an alignment of core mission, as he was mentioning. And you know how, you know, for us, Again, it's, it's about giving back and, and providing an opportunities for families, players, athletes in general to afford a lot of the gear um, and, and, and really just cut down on that labor time of, of trying to discover, right? And making it as easy and as convenient as possible, especially, you know, for, you know, mothers who might be multitasking and got a lot of things on their plate. So, you know, finding ways, again, just to make that process as fluid. And I think a lot of brands now are starting to evolve to that methodology of thinking, how can we make this easier for people to shop? And for us, that is key. And we want to, you know, take the broad spectrum of the athlete, but, you know, get to know them, not, you know, in a, in a way more that's how can we help you throughout your career, right? And not just a one-time stop and shop. How can we continue to help you as you evolve as an athlete and grow? And we can make that process, um, you know, fluid as possible. So again, yeah, having the right partners, meaning having the, the right alignment and mission and, and how we want to give back. Do you guys always agree on things, the two of you? <laughs> Not really, but I want to say it's gotten better, a lot better, because going back to what we were just saying about recognizing a roadmap, things have started to become way clearer with the overall mission where 
yeah, there's like seven things that we want to add to the platform immediately, but we can continue to crush what we're already doing and make part one amazing before even going to part two. Mm-hmm. Or we can try a little bit of part two while we continue to make part one better, right? Mm-hmm. And so now that we've started to realize that a lot of things have actually been more fluid where certain ideas that Brian has, um, you know, regarding how to get more in touch with the youth athletes, because clearly, you know, that's that was the world he came from very competitively. I'm also thinking that, and it's almost like these ideas are just like registering and then we're like, okay, perfect. So we could get to that in probably 90 days. Okay, perfect. We'll come back to it then. So yeah, I mean, as of late, I'd say the last three to five months, things have been like clicking very fluidly, actually. Would you agree with that, Brian, since I just asked if you always agree? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would. I would. I mean, there's not a lot of times, uh, you know, me and Dylan have, have friction. I think if anything, Dylan might spark an idea that might trigger something that I have, right? And it might, you know, just kind of continue to, we might continue to build on that and just lay the brick foundation down. Um, I, I think that's where where maybe the term argument kind of is construed, where I, I think it's more just of an elaborative effort, right? And we consider it more brainstorming. So I don't take, I don't think we take much personally if, if we want to give constructive criticism, right? More of, you know, okay, I see your point now, like, why do you see this being better? Or why do you see this being worse? So we try to validate each point at the same time, contributing both ideas that we see from our angles and perceptions to, you know, hopefully make something, you know, great in the middle. And, you know, again, we, we continue to, we understand that there are going to be flaws and, and errors. I mean, it happens, right? There's always going to be something that doesn't work. That's just the way it is. And, uh, but always trying to find ways to improve. And I think that's kind of our, um, our core thought is really trying to find ways to improve. So with that, with that in mind, I think it helps us continue to, you know, have progress and, you know, build our relationship stronger. Okay. Awesome. Even, through, even through COVID just to, you know, piggyback to what Brian was saying, we've had to learn how to really work. We, we were together in the office and living together for four months. And so that is so easy and such a routine. We're like, perfect. You know, every day we know what to do. And now where we're all spread out uh, and there's a lot more independent value and time, we really had to be like kind of hone into our roles. And that's where, you know, Brian is really starting to uh, blossom with these great marketing tactics and ideas and campaigns where I'm still more on the sales side and, and always looking for more partners or, you know, fundraising efforts or, you know, whatever it might have to be um, very supply and demand and, and consumer slash operations divided. So we're not even really like stepping on each other's toes as much. Right. So it, it's, it's really great. You found your lane, stay in your lane, bro. Back. Do your thing. Exactly. There you go. We may need to call you in on the Made Possible by team because two of us are married and that doesn't always make for good bedfellows when you're working together. <laughs> that adds a whole new element. So if, if we had some uh, people listening to us, I hope that we do, um, who are inspiring to be an entrepreneur, what would you say is the trait that you have to have? To be an entrepreneur what what can you not not have before you get started whoever brian uh, let's go with you 
Um, for I mean, for me, I, I think you just have to be tough skin. I, I this is a it's it's a game that rejection is um, is going to happen. It's inevitable, right? And people are going to tell you that your ideas are not going to work. But I, I think the real thing is is that if you really have the passion and, and the desire to change and make a difference and, and give back and you really believe um, in what you're doing or what you're wanting to build to stick with it. And, you know, again, there's going to be ways where, you know, things are going to pop up and obstacles are going to happen. But um, for me, I, I think it's just continuing to believe in yourself and, and continue to believe in the overall vision of what you have. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rudimentary or cliche to say, but, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things you only have one life, right? And it's, if it's, you know, the opportunity arises and you can take advantage of it, go ahead, right? And, and take that risk. I think being an entrepreneur means being a risk taker and you know that going in, but I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful process in, in itself just because of the difference you can make in people's lives. And um, that for us is, is, is what's most satisfying. Okay. Dylan, what would you say? I would say kind of hand in hand with getting rejected rejected um this doesn't happen overnight rarely happens overnight uh, probably never right mm -hmm. and find some real mentors and people that you look up to who have killed it maybe once maybe five times maybe 20 times maybe they're you know just so great at launching companies and i have a handful and they're not just startup founders, but maybe they were athletes turned startup founders or actors turned startup founders, right? Or um, athletes turned actors, you know, or, uh, they, you know, I have a handful and um, I take their, I listen to their stories. And I take their advice very literally and very seriously because it's so easy for people to be like, oh man, you know, Dylan's been trying round two almost like two years it's just like probably not gonna work out right and he's, he's so good at other stuff he could just do other things you know and and i'm just like gosh these people don't even realize that nobody knew what uber was in 2009 i the hard i told one of my friends in chicago that he was crazy for telling me he was going to take a job there in 2013 i was like man that guy is crazy and now he's been there for eight years and he's definitely not crazy you know so um, it, it never happens overnight. And when you realize we make these five-year projections and these five-year roadmap, really like think about it in terms of five years, cause it's probably going to be seven or eight years. Like it's been for every other company that we see all over the place now. So if you can really get down with dedicating the next five to 10 years, or if not longer, you know, because y'all hope that something really beautiful happens with our companies and these turns into the corporations that change the world right so just get ready for a really long ride because if you're looking to strike gold quick there's certainly some other places you can do that but it's most likely not with a startup so yeah they patience. say you know it, yeah. it takes yeah patience it takes five years takes minimum. A lot of time five yeah. years minimum so just <laughs> Pull up your big girl panties and make it happen, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so with exactly. you all being, in, sorry, big girl panties, pull up your boxers and do it. So if um, you are, you, with you being an online business and you guys are spread out all over the country now, 
What does, how do you define community? What does that look like? Great question. Uh, Brian, I'll let you start with this. Um, I mean, community can mean a lot of different things, right? Um, to us, you know, community can be engagement with our socials. It can be, you know, having a pop-up shop at a tournament play that might be, you know, more orchestrated around baseball, right? We want to be involved in many aspects, not only digitally, but face-to-face. -face. Obviously, with COVID happening, there's restrictions, you know, not allowing us to do so and youth play getting shut down, unfortunately. But overall, our mission is to find ways to, again, either be there hand-in-hand, face-to-face, or communicate digitally right now that's kind of our, our lane and that's kind of the car we've been dealt but really just understanding what these parents what our, our users players athletes whoever that's you know having the interest around too of what they're needing right what their needs are and obviously with you know people having to quarantine and you know if you do have you know covid symptoms or if you get tested positive you're quarantined so you know a lot of people are self-quarantined and you know, they're trying to find things to do, right? And trying to find equipment that's affordable, that can be delivered to them to, you know, accompany those needs. And for us right now, you know, we're trying to evolve and adapt to the situations that are happening. And if it becomes, you know, a way where, hey, if we can help you, where you'd be self-quarantined and say you feel great, but you still need to be isolated, you know, maybe there's, you know, workout equipment that we can help you find, right? Things that we can keep you active. So whether it be digitally, whether it be in person, where we can actually talk and engage, um, you know, community is everything to us and, you know, especially for the athlete world. And we want to find ways we connect not only domestically, but globally too. And I, I know a lot of like cultures, you know, have a lot of different, uh, you know, different ways of, of, of being an athlete, but we want to get to learn that. Right. And we want to evolve as, as a games and as a lot of youth plays evolving. So I heard during early on COVID, everybody was buying ping pong tables. Are you selling used, not, not like people really want to use ping pong paddle, but I mean, have yeah, you right. been able to p do a pivot with any of that kind of, like you said, the home workout equipment or? Well, so, so that, or don't no, you can take it. No, continue on, continue on. Um, well, we were, so a lot of our partners, again, when we were referring to a lot of the mutual alignment, right? We want to, Camping World was one of our first, or, you know, top three partners that we onboarded. And we understood that a high demand was trending around bicycles. And it was, you know, we, we spoken to a lot of representatives, even from REI and from a lot of these bike shops. And, you know, they're talking about it, um, you know, even from OfferUp, you know, the founder of OfferUp, we were discussing about how bikes were just off the shelf so quickly, right? Can't find bikes anywhere. So we tried to, hey, Camping World is a, is a partner of ours and we onboard them. Now we have items that maybe are affiliated with the interests that are drawing, that are People want to be outside. So again, the, the, the alignment with our partnerships are very important to us. And, and especially in times like this, where, you know, if, if, if you play in team sports are shut down, you know, what is it that people can still stay healthy and still keep that, that positive outlook, right. And, and, and continue to exercise and do those things. And, you know, those partners come um, hand in hand with us. And we, we, we really make that an important um, attribute of ours is to really, you know, help the people in, in the need of whatever the demand may be and finding the right item. Okay, cool. Okay, Dylan, do you have anything to add to that, to what community looks like for you? I mean, yeah, so like you said, with being online and having a broader reach, there's a lot of different types of people that we're focusing on um, connecting with, right? It's not just the athlete or the, the parents of the athletes buying the goods. But really, it comes back to our whole mission of dealing with the 45% of American youth who aren't playing sports. 
And we're trying to find a way to, and that's around 40 million kids. And so we're trying to find a way to bring these young men and women into a community that they're probably already trying to be a part of, you know, with Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and Snapchat. It's unavoidable, right? You're going to see your favorite athletes and uh, other kids who are playing sports all over the place. We're trying to give them, you know, confidence uh, around shopping and around even window shopping, but just that confidence and kind of like, yeah, round2sports.com is is a place where you can feel safe. You know, anyone, it's really about giving that feeling of safety. And from there, it's like, and hey, if you end up buying something, we're so happy that you started your journey with us. So that's really, I like that idea behind just being a safe place. Because exactly. very often, you know, some kids don't come from a place of, you know, their neighborhoods or their schools exactly. or the fact that they don't play sports, they might feel ostracized or you know so and like had made we've talked about this you know more over the summer brian had made the points to me that it's not always that they don't have the money because you know of course sporting goods being the rising cost is a major factor for a lot a lot of the reasons why certain kids aren't playing certain sports but it's also just the lack of positivity in their neighborhood or, or resources, what they have at their disposal around them. Um, so if we can kind of be that one stop, that's what we're going to do. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. So Brian, you were talking about international sports starting to get into that. Are you, are you starting to sell cricket, cricket, cricket equipment? <laughs> that's hard to say. Cricket equipment. Cricket. Yeah. We're, uh, I want to say cricket is our leading uh, sport in terms of equipment purchase, but shut um, it. Really? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, I'm, I'm believing you. <laughs> we, I assume we, we would love it to be uh, at some point, but no, we we've actually when we first launched, um, we we actually noticed purchases and, and even interest from and downloads from the Netherlands and Canada and even South America. From so we're starting to catch a little you know recognition from all over the place and. Um, we were actually helping a community out in Africa and, and providing, you know, we raised some funds for them and, and helping, you know, get some equipment out there, you know, with, uh, it was actually this 18 year old. He was, um, he's a coach for his, his small community group. And I, honestly, I don't know how many, had to be over what, done like 20 plus kids probably that he was coaching. Yeah. So we've been communicating with them. So we're trying to get involved in, in different ways. Right. And knowing that there is, uh, there is need in other places, not only domestically, but internationally. And, and I think that put in perspective for us that, you know, just being grateful of, of the opportunities that you may have being a youth athlete. And, you know, that's coming from a, a rough, you know, area where, you know, you don't even have grass and, you know, kids are using opposite, you know, different type of brand shoes just to even play. Right. And so it kind of takes you a step back and really puts things in perspective and, and recognizing that, you know, there is more that you can do. And, you know, we see, uh, we've seen the struggle. I've, I've witnessed it firsthand of players who had a lot of talent and capabilities, but just really never had a chance to travel as often. And, and unfortunately, you know, it may have cost them an opportunity to, you know, progress in their career and play, um, you know, collegiate or even professionally. So that just really sinks in with us. And uh, yeah, again, just finding ways to get the word out and, and help in any way we can. Uh, I love that. You're speaking my language and you talk about helping kids in Africa. I've spent uh, some time there in college and then I had the opportunity to take my son 
back with me a couple of years ago. I think he was eight or 10. He, right. We were joking that he was the only kid on the continent of Africa with the baseball glove because he never got, went anywhere without his baseball gloves so or playing right. catch, you know, in these little villages in the middle of nowhere. But we brought right. soccer balls to every village that we went to. And you would have thought that we just dropped a pot of gold in their world <laughs> because I'm they're sure. the they, soccer is their sport. And they would literally inflate um, condoms and wrap banana um, banana skins around it. And that's what they use for soccer balls. Really? Yep. So, that's so funny. Uh, Our, we, go ahead. This you're making me think of uh, um, in, in Cameroon, they were literally stitching the gloves back together with rubber bands. Yeah, I mean, it puts everything in perspective. We live in the Disney world of the world. And <laughs> yes, things are, you know, hard for everybody right now, but there are places where things are worse. So, exactly. yeah, exactly. So, so, okay, awesome. I love that you're helping out third world people because they need it. Yeah, so absolutely. talk to me about um, the fact that you're a startup and I've heard a little bit of the story on how you all were able to give back. That's a huge thing because I'm a startup person, startup people don't have money. So I think that's really cool that you've already thought about what that's gonna look like for you all. So tell us a little bit about the project that you were able to do this year. I, I can't remember the person's name that had leukemia. Uh, Dylan, do you wanna start that off for us? Yeah, I'll, I'll give Brian the intro here. So basically we've made a lot of friends in, in the um, sports tech startup community, great app called Press Sports. And the, and the founder, Conrad Cornell, actually battled leukemia as a young man. And um, it's a big part of his story, ending up, you know, battling and, and not getting a scholarship to play in college, continued to battle, earned a late scholarship, like I think a few weeks before school was in season, and ended up winning three championships as a college baseball player. Incredible, right? So coincidentally, a year ago when we were in St. Louis, I had the uh, chance to design this custom glove from Wilson Sporting Goods because I had donated $50 to another baseball player who was battling leukemia on their GoFundMe and they did a raffle and I won. And I created this uh, Wilson glove with the orange leukemia badge and we wanted to do something. Time was getting a little short and, uh, you know, it didn't make sense. So we just sat on the glove and we knew we had it. And so when Conrad approached us this year and said, hey, Press Sports wants to partner with a handful of people, but round two is a keynote partner and, you know, do a fundraiser for leukemia, it immediately restruck the chord because <coughs> there were guys that Brian had access to in the major leagues, one of which... Um, his name is Carlos Carrasco, battled leukemia a couple of years ago. And this is an all-star pitcher, uh, household name if you're a baseball fan, right? And uh, really a class act. And so last year they did their own thing with New Balance. It was called, um, you know, Help Cookie, which is his nickname, Punch Out Cancer. Because, you know, strike out like a punch out. And they raised a lot of money. And, and so this year when Press Sports told us there was going to be a fundraiser, uh, and a giveaway, we knew right away that we definitely wanted to be involved. So we kind of had Brian and, and not kind of, we had Brian and, and Conrad spearhead the efforts 
and it was to me really beautiful and I'll, I'll let Brian tell you more about how it how it definitely played out yeah and so as yeah Dylan was saying basically we uh we teamed up with uh press sports and you know with uh press sports being the digital platform that it is and the outreach that they have you know and at the time you know a lot of kids youth, you know youth players were trying to find ways of connecting in some form and they couldn't compete on the field and so we came up with this contest um where basically youth players from all different types of sports basketball football baseball upload their favorite highlights and it was basically a voting series and the highest voting reel got to go to the next round um, to eventually win you know the prize which is Dylan was explaining baseball uh specifically was the glove right and what we wanted to do alongside that was raise money to help families directly, right? And, and especially with uh, family members battling leukemia. Um, I was able to get a hold of uh, the Lighthouse organization here in Atlanta and a, a really good friend of mine growing up. She is uh, a wonderful person, is always giving back uh, to the community. And that's where her life purpose is, is, is really just giving back. And so she got us connected directly uh, to Lighthouse and we were able to help two families and raise over $17,000 and um, really special to deliver these checks directly. I had the privilege along with Conrad um, with Press Sports to deliver these checks directly to the families and uh, very special. Um, you know, I, I know even with a lot of the troubles that are, that are happening and a lot of the financial burdens that are, that are coming about, it's just, um, yeah, it, it was just really a special experience for, for both companies to really just, kind of get back in that way and, and, and really make an impact. So we, we had a great time doing it. Um, we enjoyed, again, just meeting the families and getting to uh, chat with each member. But um, again, very, very special. I just think that's really going above and beyond for being a startup to look at that because very often, and you have to be, right? As a startup, you have to be inwardly focused because what are we trying to create? How are we gonna make this succeed? But that was a very purposeful outward focus perspective. So thank you both for doing that, for taking was, that on. You know, and it was even Brian had to, in, in ways, extend himself in ways that we hadn't before, you know, with baseball in the playoffs, reaching out to some of his friends in the big leagues to help, you know, spread the word, raise some funds um, and really ignite the fundraise and they really helped. Uh, so it, it was, it was definitely a collaborative effort from people at the highest of the profession to the kids in the competition, you know, so. I want to give a shout out to uh, Lionel DeShields, he, buddy of mine. He really helped us out too and, and with Carlos. So uh, yeah, I mean, go Indians. <laughs> Can you say his name again? Cause you kind of blocked out. Oh, Lionel DeShields. And Carlos Carrasco, yeah. Carlos Carrasco. Okay, awesome. Shout out. Thank you, guys. Those guys going. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Oh, that's sure. okay. So, um, in as far as doing good in the community, how do you guys feel about businesses sharing their stories of good? Do you think that that's something that is a good idea? Do you think it's necessary? Is it for their uh, ROI to be able to connect with their communities? How do you see that? Yeah, so, you know, part of the whole thing we realized was we have to document this because this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience where Brian is going to completely random 
areas and towns in Georgia, meeting up with completely random families and delivering them a check for over five grand. It's a really, to me, life-changing moment, you know, I think to a lot of people. And um, it should be documented and not for the fact of just, oh, like, look at what we're doing. We're so cool and we're so good. That wasn't the point. Brian said, you know, hey, if we send this out to the leagues and the coaches and the, you know, sports admins that we're connected with, rather than like another, hey, get this item for this price or whatever, they'll relate round two to being good because we did something good. And they might not even watch the video that we put together. It was, it's only 90 seconds, you know, or, but they're going to see round two, you know, leukemia challenge donates money. Maybe they'll leave the email, but they, they have the key message. So the next time that we try to market to them, they might be more inclined to open the email, come to our website and remember, oh, this was the same company that was doing the stuff for the community last month, right? Oh yeah, that's how I know about them. And in fact, it was true where like, we had crazy amounts of opens when, you know, I think we might've shared it with just a thousand or 1500 people, but over a 50% of those emails got open, which is amazing, right? Yeah. And so, and, and very little unsubscribes. So we're like, wow, people actually do care about companies that they care about doing good. So I think it's great. Yeah. Thank you. Brian, do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I mean, basically similar to what, you know, Dylan was saying. And I, I think, um, again, going back to, you know, what we talked about earlier and just sticking to, you know, the core value of your company and your company's mission, right? And I think if there's ways to express that and, you know, do it, and again, not, not for the, uh, the aspect of, of, of trying to flaunt or, or any right. sort of, you know, greedy intent, it's more of just sharing the love that we can, and, and maybe that would impact others, right? It's, you know, I, I, during the week, I try to find myself doing, you know, five good deeds and, and just kind of bringing myself back to light and knowing that there is, there is good and people just, you know, in, in a time of, um, you know, where there's a lot of negativity, there's a lot of um, unknown, right? But we can still connect in a way and, and give back in a way that's loving and, and kind. And uh, I think right now that's um, more impactful than anything. Absolutely. Well, giving back makes you feel good. So when you read exactly. about somebody giving back, it gives you the feel goods, you know, that you, you inadvertently get to be a part of that. So, well, right. I just want to thank you guys for that being part of your core, part mm -hmm. of your main thing is to connect, especially, like you said, to help kids who couldn't normally afford these things or um, who wouldn't have access in the first place or even feel safe to search for it. So thank you that that's right. part of your main thing. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. So uh, give me your 60 seconds, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever. I'll give you 90 seconds, whatever you want. I, I'm all about the time. Uh, as far as uh, your, your motivational statement, your shout out, your um, call to action. Uh, we'll start with you, Dylan. What would you want to leave with people today in November of 2020 in your year two of round two? And when you're saying motivational statement, call to action, it could just be in general or regarding yeah. round two? Just life. Life, life. in general. Yeah. I like that. I think this is great. You know, gosh, it's been such a crazy year and the craziest, right? And there's just been so much division. And that's why for us, 
it's so awesome to know that, and this goes back to everything we've been saying, we want to have a platform where everybody is included, inclusive, you know, for all athletes, all athlete types, all prospective athletes, the families, the coaches, you name it. So in life, sports to me was always organic friendship, teamwork, relying on each other, leadership, who's going to be, you know, uh, the one to be the star, who can he, he or she count on. And if you're playing tennis, you know, obviously it's a singular sport, but that, that feeling of winning and all your training and it's, it's definitely an exact replication of life. And so just if these boys and girls have a chance to experience that and play sports and be a part of this greater good, uh, we really think that it will take them places in life that they could only dream about right now. So to us, it's just be inclusive. Uh, if you know someone hasn't played basketball before, when we, when we can get back on the courts and just invite them, right? Or, you know, if you don't play soccer and, you know, you see kids playing and you want to play, just ask them if you can get in the game, right? And, you know, if you're a parent listening to this, uh, let your kid try something new because you never know if that's what's going to be the spark that gives them greater career aspirations, better mental health, physical health, et cetera. So. Yeah, you just never know. Never know. Never know. That's right. So my son plays travel ball. We were at in, volunteering in an event for a week at this uh, National Little Bridges Rodeo final, and he, my son was down in the shoots with these cowboys all week. We're city people, hundred yep. percent city people, and yeah. he walked out of there saying, "Mom, I want to ride bulls." He was there. You go thirteen, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." So we set it up, we brought him to this little town rodeo, let him do it. We thought he's going to get fucked off. He's going to hate it. I'd never been to rodeo in my life ever. Right. He fell in love, absolutely fell in love with it. He went back and won the national title the very next year. No way. Yeah. And awesome. wow. trust me, scared to death. I <laughs> every minute of it. He's moved wow. on now. He's still a cowboy. He still does. He trains now. He now he breaks wild horses, which is so much safer, <laughs> whatever. But anyhow, be daring, let him try, let him try. Exactly. But also, I was, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dylan. I said, that's amazing. It's, it's insane. But I was thinking about when you, you guys kind of offer people, especially right now, like you're talking about in 2020, when you go to the movies, you get to shut your brain off for a while, right? You get to go be somebody else for a little while. I think sports offers that that you can just kind of block out the rest of the crazy world and just right. go focus on, I'm going to hit that ball in that hoop, you know, right. the next 60 minutes or watch somebody do that. It kind of gives you a little bit of a, okay, step out of reality. So exactly. thank you for enabling other people to be able to continue to do that. Brian, what's your motivation? What are you going to say today? Uh, I, I think one of the main thing is, is just to remain positive. And I, I know through these times, right, when you have, you know, your team play and your normal routine, right, when you're, when you're hitting seasonality and for, for kids who play multiple sports and they're not able to compete. And like you were just saying, you know, sports, um, you know, has been a way for people to escape. It's, you know, it, it's something where you just kind of get lost in, in, in the competition. And, you know, now you can just kind of focus on, on competing, right? And I, I, for a lot of kids, you know, you know, with a lot of things shutting down, you know, interests might be persuaded, but 
you know, I just want to continue to reiterate, you know, to, to remain positive and knowing that at some point things will revamp and, you know, keep that dream alive. Right. And I know a lot of kids are, are watching things on, you know, a lot of sports still being played, you know, you're watching on TV and they're, they're encouraged. They want to go out. They want to do things that, you know, you see, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins or Devin Cook doing, and you want to be out there and you want to, you know, be like, I can do that. Right. Just to stay positive, motivated and knowing that there are companies like us and founders like us out there and, and like, and like yourself that uh, we understand. And if there's ways that we can help, if there's ways that we can, you know, even provide some sort of, uh, you know, knowledge or, or even if it's just, you know, having the right piece of equipment to exercise and stay uh, healthy and, and positive, we want to help. And, and knowing that we are that safety net, we want to be there for um, all those youth players and all those families who are in need during these times. So just stay positive and, and again, keep that dream alive because, you know, we're, we're here for you. That's awesome. Thank exactly. you. I appreciate that. Uh, mm -hmm. So the World Series did not disappoint in 2020, right? Playoffs, the World Series. Were you, do you agree? No, I mean, it was great. I mean, the fact that we were able to continue on and actually make a playoff series and then have the World Series be in a uh, showcase, I mean, that, that's, that's all we can ask, right? It's just, can we just get the games going? So. But they were fun games, too. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like... A it was special. It was great, too. Oh, the, the guys brought it. You know, the energy was high and, and that's all you can and it could be boring if you're watching a scrimmage but no, we were just you know I think everybody was excited just to see the players excited and uh, that's all that matters you know again find find other ways to remain positive and enjoy like you were saying um, a refreshment of sports play it was weird to see uh, when they started allowing during, during playoffs a few people in the stands because we were right. used to all those little cardboard guys right, right? and then all of a sudden yeah. somebody was moving <laughs> it's like hey, people <laughs> I, I love the innovation. I love the innovation. Yes. I don't remember who it was, what team. Somebody had um, Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's uh, <laughs> out in, behind That's home awesome. plate. I thought that was hilarious. That was awesome. That's funny. That's funny. Well, Dylan, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate for to hear about the cool things that you're doing for the good that you are doing for the community impact that you have in this much larger digital community that you have created. So thank you for doing that. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about how round two is going to grow in year three, because we believe you're going to keep growing and keep doing good things. And next time we talk to you, cricket is going to be your number one. Uh, wow. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, all right. And thank you listeners for joining us today for another podcast around good made possible by, we love to make good loud. We love to share stories of good. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't ever miss a great story. So have a great one. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the made possible by podcast made possible by helps make community giving easy. The businesses we serve love to give back to their communities with their time, product, and cash. It's rewarding, but not easy. So let us help you continue to do good in your community.